All right, welcome to BSNT. You hear my voice first, that means it's a fun episode. Uh, I don't know what number it is, but I'm Kyle. I'm C. And with us today, uh, we have a really special guest. Some say he's a young gun with a quick fuse, uh, but other people know him as the bassist from the story so far. We have Kellen Kapner with us. Hi. I, uh, yeah, speaking of <laughs> young guns, I, I jumped the gun there. I didn't, I didn't know how to do that <laughs> intro right, and I kind of messed it up. It's all we right. can, It's all good. You're new to you're new to the blood, sweat, and teal. It's fine. I'm new, but here I am. <laughs> you're you're new to blood, sweat, and teal, but not so much to fear the fin. You've been kind of hanging around for a while. I am. Uh, I've I've been following it for a long time now. So how long have you been a Sharks fan? So, I kind of I started out um, getting into hockey when I was a kid because my best friend was from Canada at the time and I went to my yeah. first sharks I went to my first sharks game with him in like 4th or 5th grade. Then I got swept up by punk rock and I just stopped following sports for a long time. And then Relatable. yeah. And so then when I was probably like a senior in high school I started getting back into it. So it's that was almost 10 years ago now. So I've been following him for about 10 years. Dope. Yeah. Kyle, did you have a question there? I think you. Or... Oh, me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was. I was. I was. I was just listening to your voice and was like, "Oh, that's cool. He's like the same age as me." Yeah, we I'm, like, I'm actually. Sh- I'm as we, old as been... the team. I was born the same year as the team was. So. Me too, twins. Oh, so I, I'm the I'm the elder here. <laughs> I'm technically the day one fan because I was like two and I had a cool T-shirt, but like I don't remember that. It's a blurry mess. Do you remember back in like the Owen Nolan days, or did, was that during your? falling in love with punk rock um yeah no that would have been that would have been me not really being into it but um i I, you know like i think when i was it was like nabokov years when i like went to my first game like when i was a kid and then then the void started and then it was like thornton era oh so you you're you're a bandwagon fan you just came back when they're good (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah do you have a do you have a, like an early favorite memory from not even early but like after you came back to the Sharks do you have a a favorite memory that got you hooked back in? I don't know about favorite memories but like I just I remember um my good friend and I just I, I can I can remember pretty much everywhere I was for every major disappointment for like a playoff <laughs> a playoff run. Like I feel you I, I feel you on that one. It's the, really depressing. The memory I'm having right now is like when I knew I just signed up for disappointment was when it was, it was, um, it was the series before the Stanley cup finals. It was sharks and, uh, the Canucks. And I think it was game six and they went to overtime and it was the magic disappearing puck when oh, I know what you're the X say. Oh, scored. God. There was a lot of confusion and everyone goes, you know, like no one knew where the puck was. And then it was like, we lost like what? Like, yeah. Do you remember, was it Kevin Bieksa or Alex Edler that scored? I think it was but Bieksa. He was, I think it was Bieksa too, and he was just standing at the right point, looking like a clown like he normally does. And then all of a sudden, he turned around and was skating back, going like, yeah, and I was so confused. It was like the voice of God whispered in his ear and was like, Bieksa, like, here, my son, here's the puck. <laughs> and everyone else was just looking around like, where is it? And then he won the game, and then they went on to get obviously decimated by the Bruins. but Which, which they should, and then they tried to burn down their own city because they're idiots. But, <laughs> and then Thornton uh, probably I just, like when they, sh- when they showed the replay and the puck falling out of the sky, I was like, that had to have hit the netting. I was that kid that was just holding out hope, being like, no, something happened. This couldn't possibly be the end. I know, and it would just seem like, all right, this is going to be us forever like this is just the this kind of thing that follows this team is just this like just awkward just yeah it's just but not even like 
just cruel. Yeah, it's just it's like this team deserves so much more, but then it's constantly just like these little weird things. You know what I mean? Sure. I got I got you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been sad. It's yeah, but you know, there's also uh, some bright moments. You know, yeah, there's 2016. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was also at that game when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup and hoisted it in front of my eyes, and at oh. least there was oh. a cup on on the ice. So you know, for the first time. So. <laughs> That's, that's, I don't. I don't know if that's Brian. a good. <laughs> I know. I don't know but. if that's good or bad. Like that. That seems that started out sad, then it kind of got happier, and then it was back to sad again. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like, you know, honestly though, like after watching that whole run, it was like it was kind of bittersweet because it was like they got that far, and I wasn't like yeah. oh, this team. You know, like it was like okay, like they went as far as they could, and it was cool. So sorry. Do you do you remember what the mood was in the building? Like, do you remember like? Was everybody super sad or was everybody super like this was a good run or that's that's more how it was. Like people were like I obviously, you know, they weren't stoked to see another team like winning a championship on their ice, but like when it came to kind of commemorating the season, like everyone was very like proud of that team and, and uh um yeah, no, it it wasn't it wasn't like a morning thing. It was like a damn you guys had a good run, like way to go. You know, we're all stoked, so yeah. How long did you stay after the game? Because I remember all of the Penguins fans on Twitter freaking out that all the Sharks fans left and saying, like, that's so disrespectful or whatever. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to stay and <laughs> watch some yeah. other team get the cup. I don't know. I stayed for a little bit just because it's like, you know, I've never seen a ceremony. In fact, I've never seen a team, like, win a championship. So that's kind of like, whether it's your team or not, it's kind of like the ceremony that I'd never, like, experienced myself so i stayed for a little bit i didn't stay obviously for like you know 40 people to go like parade around that they beat my favorite team you know but <laughs> i uh I, I stayed for a little bit um but um i have to say this this draws back to to sadder times because that's that's kind of what the sharks are about right the the sadder <laughs> times but that that atmosphere wasn't too bad but the one time i was at a game where it was just like the the most dismal atmosphere ever was after the uh 3-0 comeback i was at that game you were at that game i was at that game oh, oh no. my oh my <laughs> and i was Hold with on. i was with one la kings fan and another la kings fan who drove all the way down to come to the game and it was bad um oh, no. it was like watching your dad get his ass kicked in front of in front of <laughs> It's like, and there's nothing you can do, you know. You're just like watching it happen, and everyone is just quiet. It was, and everyone left. I think that in that case, it was me and maybe like nine other people that stayed to the very, very end. Like, I felt like everyone just abandoned that team and just like went home. Oh my! That I remember the the thing that like I've kind of tried to block that out because it's so depressing. But the thing that always sticks in my mind is fucking Drew Doughty afterwards saying. Oh, we knew we were going to come back. We saw the fear in their eyes when we looked at them. And I was just like, get absolutely out of here, you caveman-looking dude. I know. I got choice words for daddy, but I'll save them. But um, <laughs> the the thing that was so sad was that little gif that started going around of Joe Thornton just looking up at the screen. Oh, tears no. in his oh, eyes. No. Yeah, I know looked, exactly what you're talking about. The look oh. in his eye is like... I'm one of the 25 best players ever, and I'm not winning the Stanley Cup. I know. It's just like my whole life is just not for nothing at this point. I know. It was unbelievably sad. <laughs> it was like watching you, Superman cry. You know what I mean? 
Oh, that's really sad. Oh. How did you feel when uh, Thornton got taken out by a uh, hot bod a couple games ago? Uh, I mean, it sucks because he's. You know what's weird is like I was just I was kind of reviewing some statistics and like the fact that he has more goals than uh, Pavelski this year. It's like yeah, super weird. It's backwards. Yeah, um, it seems like he's finally in that like he's riding out into the sunset kind of phase of his career, and <laughs> I I don't think. He, I, no, I don't mean that in, like, a sad way. I think he's just having fun now. You know, he's, like, shooting the puck. And I feel like he's not as, like, stressed out about, like, setting up plays and being that guy. He's just kind of, like, playing the game. I think that's cool. So I think it's sad that he got injured just for sake of, like, it was, you know, he's kind of just having, like, a fun year. and like. It was he, definitely cool to see him score on purpose and not, like, <laughs> empty netters and, like, weird... Sorry, I burped there. <laughs> um, it, uh, it, uh, it, it was cool seeing him score and, like, try. And, like, he said before the season he needs to take on the Marlowe production that's missing. And then he said he's on the left side of the power play because that's the shooting side. So it was really cool. And it's just really shitty that he's going to be out for so long. And who knows? This could be – he could be done after this. Like, two knee surgeries, he could be done. And I just don't – I don't think a little child in me isn't prepared to see Thornton go yet. No, that's that's what I'm saying too. Is like he's my favorite player, and um, you know he's he's just like um, like I said. I think I think he realizes it too. You know, like he knows he knows his age. He knows yeah. you know he knows how these things go. He's not naive to it, and like he's just playing the game and having fun at this point. So it's kind of like it's kind of sad to see him missing time in what he knows is probably like one of his not his last season. I don't think, but like he knows his days or his his seasons are kind of numbered at this point. Just yeah, Bye. father time is coming, and he knows it. But the the most depressing thing about Thornton is, I said this to my buddy the other day, I was like, Thornton is the last real piece of my childhood that's still in my life. When Thornton retires, then I'll have no heroes from when I was a kid or no link to when I was a kid because everybody's now like my age and everybody came into the draft when they were as I was growing up and Thornton's the last piece to my childhood. It's that's kind of sad. It's super weird. I was thinking about yeah. that too because it's like... Um, John Tavares, so they've been talking about John Tavares, and I'm like, all right, this guy looks like he's like 30-something, and they're like, oh, he's 27. I'm like, what? <laughs> or 26 or 27, but I'm like, that's my age. Like, what? This dude's yeah. my age. It's so weird. It's so weird when you see you guys. Like, P.K. Subban and I are both turning 29 this year. I'm actually older than him. It's super it's weird. so awkward. I'm five days older than John James Van Riemsdyk. It's so weird, because you think of these guys as like, superheroes basically it's, on ice and they're always going to be older than you and then one day they're younger than you and you don't know what to do it's anymore re- it's really weird because like yeah you're a kid when you get into these things so you're like you're used to like seeing these big athletes and like under the big lights and it's like they're they're kind of larger than life so i think you have this impression that like they're they're your superior they're your like there's no way that like you you match up with them in, in any respect they're kind of like the whole like greek god thing right so it's like you find out you're the same age and then it's like you kind of realize like they're not much different than you and you're like, oh, these are just like dudes like shooting a puck around. You know I mean? <laughs> Joe, Joe Thornton plays Risk on road trips and I'm not going to lie, at work when I'm bored, I play Risk online. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was kind of sobering. Also, Joe Thornton's like 6'4", 2'5", 
40 maybe i'm bigger than he is i'm six he's six. huge though <laughs> so like it's really awkward when you walk by these guys and you're like oh you don't look me in the eye this is yeah. super sobering half of these oh, dudes oh, are see, like i don't get that because i'm five four every time <laughs> i have to interview a hockey player they are towering above me i'm always like i can't believe how small you look on screen so total opposite issue for me it's yeah. you know what's funny too is like half of these guys are like on tinder and stuff too so it's like <laughs> oh, it's like oh, the I whole see see knows the whole like do, when I you're do. a kid and you I separate do. like the sport from like the human being and you're like these guys are just like on tinder like listening yep. to the same yep. you know what i mean like patrick sharp <laughs> is an extremely online tinder boy yeah a lot of people fake being Patrick Sharp on Tinder. Like, you're not going to know that that's Patrick Sharp of the, the, the Chicago Blackhawks. Like Duncan Keith's wife, Duncan Keith's <laughs> wife knew it was the real Patrick Sharp. <laughs> she swiped right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely know about hockey boys being on Tinder. God, so it, uh, it kind of breaks down that whole, like, aura, right? When it's like, oh, these guys are just chumming around like anyone. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's so weird. They say don't meet your heroes, and then you find out, like, your favorite hockey player is like a big Trump guy or like your favorite hockey player goes to Africa in the off season to train. And it's like, well, these people are humans. It's very strange. Your it favorite is. hockey player wears polos with his suit jackets. God. Logan Was Couture. that Austin Matthews? No, that's Logan Couture. The dude cannot dress himself. I'm sorry. Ugh. He thinks that Have a you... polo is a dress shirt. I don't understand who told him that, but they need to not. Be, hold, I, I just thought of a new question. So, Callan, being a famous person from the Bay Area, have you met any sharks? Um, not uh, in terms... I, I don't even know if I'd go that far to say I'm a, I'm a famous dude. I, you, you have a Wikipedia. I, I do, I? Or the band has a Wikipedia. Yeah, the band has a Wikipedia. That's good enough. Um, I've met a couple of them just from, like, uh, going to, like, practices and stuff. Like, I got a lot of free time. So, you know, my buddy and I would just zip out, like, when we were off tour and just, like, do that kind of thing and like I've shaken hands with a couple players but I've never like met any of these guys like really like in a normal context I guess you know hmm. yeah um, you just like run into them on the street while they're jogging or something yeah well like I just I don't know I'm, I'm not really like in a I don't like to bug people if they're like busy or like doing stuff you know what I mean oh that's fair so I don't know if I'd go up to someone and be like hey like uh you're so-and-so kind of thing I would probably just mind my own but that's very respectful of you. I'm trying to That's think. very nice. The, the closest, I'd be like, oh my god, I know you. The closest... Oh, I did that. The Ryan Carpenter story. Oh god. Oh, I... Um, who's, is he still signed to the Sharks? No, he... No, he plays, he plays in, Vegas in Vegas now. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, I was going to say... I've had... There's a couple guys I gave records to. Like, I had communication with. And they are like, oh yeah, like that'd be cool. Um, I'm trying to remember the dude. I think he plays for the Hurricanes now. Um, oh. He was a defenseman. I'm, I'm just oh, I'm, uh, Derek Joslin? Not Joslin. I'm so bad with names. Like I just have the worst memory. If if it pops up in my head, I'll I'll tell you. But just blurt it out in the podcast. It's I yeah, will. That's, well, that's cool. <laughs> we'll um, edit it back later, so it seems like you thought of it right away. It was it was Matt uh, Matt um, Tennyson. Tennyson, yeah. I went to college with Matt Tennyson. Did you really? Yeah, he was. Yeah. I he like, was in my my class at Western, so yeah, I saw him play at uh, WMU. I had a little like Twitter communication with him, and he was like, "Yo, bring a record." So like, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like drive up with my buddy and go to this practice." So like, he just walked out of the ice on his big gear, and I was like, "Yo, here's your records," and he was like, "Thanks, man," <laughs> and that was it. Nice. He uh, he plays, he plays for, for Buffalo Sabres, now. Yeah. Is he on the Sabers? Oh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't sure he ended up. He progressively gets worse. He goes from San Jose 
to Carolina to Buffalo. So I wasn't no, all right. So no, he did he go to Carolina. With, from Carolina, he played with the their AHL team too. So he's been Charlotte up and down. Yeah, and I think right now he's with Buffalo, but I think he just got sent back down, or he just got called up, or something. I don't know. Buffalo has a down. weird affiliate, right? It's like Rockford or something. Uh, no, they're. It's not Rockford. It's in it's in um Erie, Pennsylvania. It's like the Erie, isn't it? Oh, no. the the River Monsters? No. No, that's Columbus. That's all, Columbus. I don't know. I don't stuff. care about Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo doesn't even care about Buffalo. They've been bad for like a hundred years. I I don't. Well, the curse is finally over. What do you mean? What curse? The, the we can never beat Buffalo. It was weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was odd to say the least. <laughs> I don't know if that's good, though. Cause that, does that mean... Because we only lost to them when we were really good in the regular season and they were bad. So now that we beat them, does this mean that some new chapter is open where we're like not going to be this regular season monster anymore? And... I, don't, I don't like your attitude. Uh, well, I... <laughs> I'm speculating. <laughs> no. I, I kind of already think that's happening. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the team, like, like you said, it's like the guys that were kind of our heroes are kind of... Um, you know, their careers are, are kind of phasing out a bit just due to age, you know, unfortunately. And it's like this team is adopting a whole new identity. And it, I, I don't know how much time it's going to take to really like for these names to stick and for this to be like another powerhouse team. But it's kind of entering this weird like no man's land right now. And I think I think that's what makes it hard just in the wake of, you know, like like I said earlier, like I've been really busy, like working on a record and um not following the season as closely, but it's like also hard when you just have this team that doesn't really have like an identity established, you know? Right. It's been kind of weird this season because like all of the stats guys pro- keep projecting the Sharks to do really, really well. And if you watch them, they're not good on the ice, but they're still winning games. It's been a, just a very weird season. It's weird. It's like, um, I forget what those things are called. They're like in doctor's offices, they're like those little like, jelly balls that like you squeeze and like one end pops out and you squeeze that one and something else pops out on another end you know what i'm talking about yeah no i no i have canada <laughs> healthcare we don't do that oh, okay <laughs> well all i'm saying is it seems like when one part of their game picks up it's like some other part of the game kind of like falls off that's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right that's uh yeah it's like they were really good at defense but they couldn't score and then all of a sudden they started scoring and the defense decided to take a vacation. And then Martin Jones was good. And then Arundel was good. They can't be good together. There can only be one goalie, apparently. I know. It's weird. Um, the special teams are the only thing that have kind of developed some consistency. Like, it seems like the power play and the penalty kill are, like, yeah, are pretty like, good. Yeah, the power play was bad at the very start, start of the season, but it got better. And it, it's been pretty solid since. But it, it's those kind of it's those little like well this thing like you know like at least their power play is good kind of thing but it's like there's nothing really about the team when you're like oh this is like super badass about these guys right now you know yeah they're yeah of- there's no there's no signature like Thornton's too old to be the signature guy and Brent Burns is too horrible at defense to be the signature guy so it's just like they're I know what you're saying there's the, there's no guy where you can look to and be like that guy will get us out of the hole. Yeah, it's kind of just like every night it's like, all right, who's going to be the hero tonight? Or like, you know, <laughs> so for a couple of games it's like Don score, it's like Hurdle, it's like this collective thing and it's like, who's the guy? Or like, who's the, like the, the guys, you know what I mean? Like, I think they want it to be Pavelski? I think so. Mm, I'm not I sure. think Couture. Well, okay, I was going to say, he's, the, he's been the most like, I'd say consistently good player yeah. this year. 
Yeah, for sure. I think it goes Couture, then Hurdle, then Donskoy. Yeah, that could be true. Well, I think they expected more out of the young guys this year because you've got Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer, who are exceeding expectations, but at the same time, they're not standing out. I mean, they're not, you know, on the same level that people talk about, like Barzal and um, Brock Besser and all that stuff. So, you know, everyone was all excited about the youth in San Jose, and then they're out there and they're just not as exciting to watch. Yeah, it's something they need to elevate. The game just needs to elevate. A bit before it's like really gripping you know what i mean like yeah we need I to wonder get how, yeah hundred <laughs> percent. i wonder how you being in san jose because uh everybody who listens to this knows that i'm from toronto and c is from michigan um but you being in san jose do you feel that if san jose kind of takes a nosedive and isn't that great do you feel like the fans will stay or do you, is there a sentiment in the bay where they're more here for the good teams because there's so many other things to do, like the Warriors uh, and the Giants are loading up and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I think they've always kind of been the forgotten team because even when they were doing really good, you could definitely sense there was kind of a swell and like enthusiasm for the team when they were going to the finals and um, everyone was pretty excited. But then you look at it on an even larger scale because, like, you I mean as a fan, like you know, being at games, you see you sense that energy. But when you step away and take like a, a bigger view of things it's like people only really care about the warriors like on a national level or like beyond yeah. that and like all of the you know like major sports outlets and stuff are like they're looking at the warriors they're covering you know like these these bigger you know national sports and it's like okay like this big thing is happening but like it is kind of we're just kind of that like team that's lost on the west coast that's playing this like powerhouse and like the penguins you know what i mean so like we're the underdog and people, hockey fans and people are like latching onto that. But like on a bigger level, like no one is really like taking notice, you know, cause they, they're just not interested in hockey or like this team. They're watching basketball or doing other things. So, yeah. And I, I think that kind of, I think that kind of plays into the fact why we haven't seen a full rebuild yet. Cause I think Doug Wilson is leery of full rebuilding just because they are the forgotten team. So will people come back? Will they not come back? And I think that's why you, I think that's why the Sharks are hesitant to do a full rebuild because I know it's been kind of they've been lurking around a full rebuild kind of for the last couple of years. That's true. They haven't, re- and that's the thing though is like I think people just like to have consistency where it's like you know you have a really good team or you know you, your team is really bad. So it's like okay, we're really bad. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose out this season. We're gonna we're gonna have to look forward to this like number one pick or something or like you're you're still interested for sake of like what's this team gonna do or like you're looking at like the bright spots of like your team or you have a really good team. But when you're in the middle, it's almost worse. Cause it's like, okay, we're not going to get a yeah. dra- like a really high draft pick. We're not going to go really, f- we're not, we're not look like we're going to have a really long like playoff run. So it's like, what's in it for us. It's like, we're just in this, again, this like no man's land where it's like, it's hard to identify with the team and they're hardly consistent. So it's like the product is just like, you never know what you're going to get. Right. I can definitely speak on that because um, as someone who's in Michigan, I mean, that's what the Detroit Red Wings have been doing my entire life. I mean, they just middle out. And my one of my biggest fears is that Doug Wilson is going to go full Ken Holland and just trade for pieces to keep them getting to playoffs, but never make the right moves to actually win the cup. And the pieces they've gotten, too, haven't really, like, 
been that great. I mean, like with Yannick Hansen and um, James Reimer was a, the last good one. Yeah, that was a, that was a really good that was a really good pickup, especially for that run. Um, but I'll say I'll say Paul Martin. Paul Martin was really good at the beginning of his contract. Yeah, we forget yeah. we forget how good Paul Martin was. He was. Yeah, um, that's true. The one I'll never forgive is um, Bill Guerin. No. <laughs> Um, I've already wiped his name from my memory. Um, Jeremy Roenick? No. Uh, he's the, the, the defenseman for Toronto. Oh, Roman Polak. Oh my God, Roman Polak. Oh. So, so uh, if you want, if you want to pull back the curtain a bit, Roman Polak plays twenty minutes a night for the Leafs somehow. Yeah. And every day when I wake up in the sex, I have to deal with people talking about. Matt Martin, Roman Polak, and Leo Komarov, like these guys are some sort of conquering heroes, and it's so, so annoying because Roman Polak is not an NHL defenseman at this point. Oh my god, that was so bad. The thing that was kind of cool though was seeing how good the team was so they could just pick up the slack for him until like the very end, you know? Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. They made it in spite of him. There was that one game against St. Louis where he took this dumb penalty, just like, just got angry and like made it, got a dumb penalty. <laughs> Uh, St. Louis scored on the power play, but it was the kind of team where you knew they were going to come back and like they totally rallied and like ended up winning the game and like compensating for him like you know basically incurring a uh, penalty that like led to a power play goal. But it was like it was, it was just so frustrating, you know what I mean? Like especially at the end, just knowing whenever he was on the ice it was going to be bad. It was just like God, like can't they just learn and just put someone else out there? Like that that sucked. That was <laughs> literally anybody just put anybody. Have you ever been to Toronto? I have. I've actually, I, I saw a game there. I saw the Islanders, I think it was the Islanders play there uh, a year or two ago. I was in Toronto. That's random. Yeah, it was cool. But, but, but fun. Yeah. Um, I try to go to games if, if I'm on tour and like I'm in the area, if it's like possible. So. Have you seen the Sharks on the road? So there was one, so speaking of um, the Red Wings, there was one opportunity I had. Uh, we played in Michigan the same night as the Sharks and my buddy who I was going to go with ended up having to bail because he, he was on the same tour package and they played earlier. So he, he was just kind of worried, like, with the time constraint, he wouldn't have been able to go to the game and make it back in time for their set. So I ended up watching, sadly watching the game at a bar at the venue. Um, I still remember the game, too, because they won in, like a, like, a shootout. It was, like, this really long shootout. And it was just like, damn, that would have been such a cool game to watch. Like, we're in the same city. But unfortunately, I, ha I have this responsibility. I can't just flake out on to go watch my team play. So. Have you gotten to go to a game in Detroit, though? I mean, not just the Sharks, but... I unfor unfortunately, I, I never got to go. I never got to see Joe Lewis Arena. So That's a so bummer. How many... Yeah, that is a bummer. Apparently, it was awesome in its day. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> it in, was in its day. Jake, but it was historic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Caesars is so nice, though. It's so nice. <laughs> how many, um, how many different cities have you watched like hockey in? Because I know you tour, obviously. So, is, do you have like a list of like I've checked this one off, this one off, this one off? Oh, I'm trying to think. You know what's funny is it seems like there's like repeat offenders. Like I've been to a couple games at Pepsi Center in um, Denver. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I've seen them play a few times. I've, I've been to a game in Nashville. I've been to a game in St. Louis. I've been to a Sabres game. I've been to a Canadiens game. I've been to a Toronto Maple Leafs game. Um, I went to I went to a game in Minnesota. Um, I went to a game in Columbus, and 
There may be one or two more, but I just they're not just coming to my mind right now. Oh, Chicago. I've been to uh, L.A. I uh, never I've never been to a game in Chicago. Um, L.A. This is I guess kind of one of the. I went and saw the Sharks play in L.A., which isn't too out of you know like too far, but um, that was fun. But I can't really think of any others. There, there's definitely maybe like one or two more, but uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. So, what is the worst NHL city you've ever played in? Whether you've seen a game there or not, I don't. We're talking, but... we're, talking we're talking about the people now, the city now. I can't, I can't think of. I can't think of any. Well, like obviously going to LA, like I got a lot of shit for you know being a Sharks fan. But the one experience I remember was being at the Montreal game, and just being like, oh, I'm gonna go use the bathroom, and then the way that that their um, arena is built is like bathroom you have to go up all these stairs and it's this like 30 minute line it's just this whole ordeal it's like at at the bell center yeah like to get to get up into the bathroom you have to wait in a line that takes like 30 minutes and then to get back even just out it's another line that takes like 20 minutes so you yeah but you you should be honored to take a pee in the bell center exactly but i'm like i'm like man whoever engineered this like you know people are missing (laughs) half the game just to like take a piss so it's like did it take you five minutes to figure out that bathroom is Salle de Bain first and then, and then find it? <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a weird, it was, just, it was just a bad design. But I can't really think of any bad experiences. But. Well, that's good that there's nice people everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, have you been to a game yet this year in San Jose? Uh, I did. In fact, well, I think I saw Montreal because they're the team you can guarantee they're going to beat. If you need to go to a Sharks game, it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, they're going to beat Montreal and you know, they're going to beat them like six to two, you know? So <laughs> it's always bad for, for Montreal when they come through San Jose. Uh, my dad, my dad's French and he's a Habs fan. So this is hilarious to me on a personal level. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like they consistently just like, just beat the hell out of Montreal. So but then they they gack it up against Buffalo. It makes no sense. This the San Jose has made no sense my entire life. It's a conundrum, man. I, I have no idea. <laughs> it just yeah, it, it completely it's totally contradictory to itself. It, it's never made sense. The one thing I like though is that now they're just bodying other Pacific Division teams. So like Anaheim and LA have no chance against them this season, and it's very weird to go into those games confident because usually cool. I'm like, oh, this is going to be sad. They're going to go up like two nothing and then lose five two. Yeah, they already I think won their series against LA, so it was like I was like, okay, it's, it's like if you're going to beat anyone, it's best. And um, well, actually, I'm going to go see them play in Vegas, and they better win because oh, oh nice. my god, <laughs> are you going to hang out with Imagine Dragons? I hate They're from them. Vegas. I hate Imagine Dragons. <laughs> I hate the Vegas Golden Knights. And I especially you you know that Ve- you know that Vegas's arena plays Thunder all the time, I right? Know. And Believer, and, <laughs> and so the thing I hate the most about the Vegas Golden Knights is whoever runs their Twitter account. Oh God, it's oh. so bad. I hate that guy. Did you, you guys remember? Did you see the Dallas Stars Twitter yesterday? <laughs> I didn't Where see it. They tweeted something, and someone was like, "Did you hire the Vegas guy?" And they said, "Do not compare us to that account ever." <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll post something, like, just taking a jab at that dude, and I'll get all these private messages, like, thank God, thank you, thank you for saying this. Like, my buddy who runs this account or this account is like, oh, my God, we're just wanting to say this, but can't, because, like, <laughs> so it's known. It's known. The guy's just insufferable. It's just bad. Do you guys remember in the summer when Vegas first came around, the guy was, like, just tweeting whatever he wanted and stuff, and everybody's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Even I was, I have to admit, even I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's, like, refreshing to see a Twitter account have fun. And then after, like, a month, it just became sad and annoying. He's, yeah. 
he's like the kid in class where it's like he makes it funny and everyone's like ha ha like that's really funny and then the teacher's like trying to get back in their lecture and he just is persistent and doesn't stop and you're like okay can you like shut up so i can like <laughs> teach my lesson like like it was funny and now like and now it's like you're just a clown so it's like just stop you know the yeah. weirdest the weirdest thing they did was when they were announcing the other team's lineups but with legendary players so i would like i'd be scrolling because i follow them because i follow them and i'd be like gordy house what the hell is going on it was so off-putting to see in the moment i know it's weird I think the the sharks have a pretty good Twitter. <laughs> there, I like that they change their bio and stuff. Like right now, I think it's stop pulling our beards. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're good. It's they're not they're not too over the top. And I think I think sports Twitter bugs me, especially teams sometimes when it's like it just seems like this onslaught of like gifs and like nothing really of substance. It's just trying to be like cutesy and trying like, to be relatable. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to pander I, to like I, pop to like memes and like stuff. And like that stuff drives me nuts sometimes. The greatest Twitter team moment of all time happened. Like, I don't know. Do you watch basketball, Kellen? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. So the Houston Rockets team Twitter, they knocked Dallas out of the playoffs or were closing in in the final moments of a game of beating them. And their Twitter account posted a gun emoji and it was pointing towards the horse emoji for the Mavericks because the Maverick symbol is a horse. It yeah. was so funny in the moment. And then they had to take it down and the guy had to apologize for being insensitive for, to like, he apologized to like PETA and stuff like that. But it was so funny. I know. I hate that. I hate that you have to just rescind that kind of stuff because it's like, you know, like, come on, man. That's good stuff. That, we can't, we can't like... <laughs> We can't disencourage that kind of stuff. You know? the, the, the only thing that's been not rescinded is the in football, the uh, LA Chargers used to be the San Diego Chargers up until this year. And uh-huh. on their official Twitter account, if you like go to San Diego and search PF Changs, you're gonna get two account you're gonna get two tweets from like six years ago where the one is, Man, I'm so hungry, I need to find my wife and go to PF Chang's. And then like two hours later from the official account it says, Man, PF Chang's is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still up. Like, I don't know if it was supposed to be a DM or they were just trying to, like, the guy had no idea how Twitter worked. But they're still on the Chargers' official account. It's so funny. That's good stuff. See, it just, bring, it just brings it back down to earth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because there's, there's real people on the other end of the thing. It's like, if the story so far had tweeted something, there's a real person. One of you guys is doing that. It's not just, like, this robot participating. Like, people are going to make mistakes, and it's funny. I forget about it. I'm like, oh, no one's even said anything in like three weeks. Maybe I'll just say like, hey. So I've just been saying <laughs> hey on our account like every couple of days. Well, That's if funny. anybody wants a laugh, they should follow you because your Twitter account's pretty hilarious. That's some some people say so. Others others say not so. So I guess I guess <laughs> I, it's up to the. I find life. it hilarious. It's not like there's a huge sharks Twitter. Like there really isn't. Uh, like. I mean, Fear the Fin has a lot of followers, but that's not to say that all of them are Sharks fans. There's just not, like, this huge, like... Like, you know, in some other um, teams, you can point to one person on Twitter and be like, oh, yeah, like, Pete Blackburn, he's a big Boston Bruins guy. But, like, but, like yeah. we don't have that. So, Kellen, like, that's I, you. Uh, yeah, you should be that guy. The, <laughs> the Sharks... The sh- see, Pete's, Pete's a good friend of mine, too, so I could just... I could just uh, nice probably get, get access to his account. Somehow I, somehow I think I could probably get into his account and just tweet exclusively Sharks tweets. Make some sort of bet with him that you know you're going to win where he has to be pro Sharks for like three weeks or something. 
you know what his his side team is the LA Kings. No, you can't have a side See, team. I That's have not allowed. That he's like a closet Sharks fan because he talks about the Sharks all the time and he tweets about Jumbo and like he. He's just trying to impress me. Not a Sharks fan. He like talks about the Sharks a little too much. Because so. because he's a Boston fan and because because of Thornton. Mm-kay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think that's primarily why. But um, yeah, it's funny because I don't know how we linked up. I think he was deceived because he saw my follower count. But don't tell him. <laughs> but three three quarters of my followers are just cosplay like porn bot. <laughs> They're just fake. They're just fake accounts. I didn't ask for them. Kellen Kapener actually bought his Twitter followers. If you notice the interaction, it's like maybe only like a hundredth, a thousandth of the people that follow me actually interact. So, Can we rewind, can we rewind for a second? You just called him Kellen Kaepernick. No, I didn't. I said Kaepernick. Yeah, you did. I did not. <laughs> oh, oh, they I called him Kellen Kaepernick. No, I did not. I absolutely We'll go back. We'll, we'll review the tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel leading a uh, social movement right now, Kellen? <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, I've been recently getting a lot of Facebook fake followers, and I don't know why. And they all have three names, and they're all just aggressively boobed women trying to be my friend on Facebook. And I don't understand what happened. Whoever makes these accounts, like that's something they probably discussed, and we're like, well, like that's their that's their sales pitch. It's like you see this little icon. It's got huge goddamn boobs, and you're like, who is this boobid person that's following me? And then it's always just like, cosplay, click here, tiny URL, like, pay for more, and you're like, okay. No, no, no. Buy, buy 40 roses to see me take off my top, and you're like, what are roses? This isn't a currency I respect. I know, and I'm like, I'll see you at Comic-Con or wherever you <laughs> hang out, you know what I mean? I will see you never, fake account. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much of Fear the Fins account is just like fake porn bots. Take a look. I could look I don't too. Know. I could look. But it's a good amount, man. I they, think the notifications have been muted. Well, because you get that when you're verified, <laughs> you can filter your notifications. And uh, I haven't messed with the settings since I've taken over, so I'm not sure. I'll take them though. It's like for some reason having followers is like this like it's this smoke and mirror effect on people that just makes them think you're like what you say is valuable and it's like nothing I say is valuable. See, I want that because you have like 175,000 followers and I have 228 or or 29 depending on the day. Our our bands has that many. Um, If you, if you minus all the porn bot accounts, I maybe have like 2000, but otherwise it's like 20, (laughs) some 20,000 something. But I'm telling you, it's, it's all fake accounts or it's just like dead. It's just dead accounts. Like, there's no way that many people follow me. There's just no way. I've been getting, you never know. like, I've gotten, like, seriously 20 followers in the last day or two because of that Smash Mouth tweet. Like... Almost almost got a show with Smash Mouth. What? What? Can you, can you, can you tell us? But then you took I, an L on your forehead? I just hit them up on Twitter and was like, they were like, hey, who should open for us? And I was like... Me? These guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was, it was another band that's, that's like a few members of our band and, um... Because, you know, what's funny is like, it's kind of weird because at this point, like, we could do, we would play the same room that Smash Mouth would play and like, in some cases, maybe have a better turnout. You know, they've been a band for a long time and that, you know, it's just kind of the natural course of things. So it's like, well, let's, let's approach it a little softer. We have this side project. I'll shoot them this message. And like, it got as far as like, they were talking to booking agents and stuff. And I think the show fell through, but like we were just gonna do it just to like say we played a smash mouth but it never it never happened so is one of you cooking in a microwave 
I am um, my roommate. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, where we cook on our show. Uh, uh, that's actually pretty cool. Do you think? Do you think that next year, because the All Star Games in San Jose next year, do you think Smash Mouth should be the number one with a bullet to play? So, I thought about that. I actually, I, I already tried to get a foot in the door early, and I, I told the NHL, I said, you haven't sent an offer yet, but we're we're willing to play. Nice. That's amazing. <laughs> so, the NHL, like the email. This Gary is. <laughs> we're betting on a couple things here. One, we're hoping that they haven't already booked the talent for it. Two, we're hoping that on our next record we have some kind of hit that is big enough that the NHL would even flirt with the idea of having us play. And three, I don't. I was just. I think you always have to count for, to three on these lists, but I don't actually have a third thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. My counterpoints to those: one, they definitely have it because it's the NHL. Two, you don't need a hit because they just booked somebody who was relevant when I was 12 years old. Three. My point would be, how many Confederate flags do you have in your music? Because that's a big indicator if you're going to get booked or not. You're right. <laughs> well, we don't know because the, the tide could shift and like our society could be totally into other things at this point. And, and what, the kind of controversy I need to be involved with might be different controversies. So I need, to, I need to really pin down whatever that is and start <laughs> getting into that. Fluid controversies. You have to plan yeah. on the future contra- controversies, not current ones. It would be an irrational thing to think that just because confederate flags are what got him on now is going to be what gets me on next year you know what i mean so I <laughs> gotta take it up and out, figure up out. Out. yeah i gotta figure out what the next wave is so whatever insensitivity i need to to have i'll i'll, I'll get on it but. really trend-setting controversy is here how much do you think kid rock got paid to play the nhl all-star game probably a lot right i mean all of Detroit's going to watch just because he's there, you know? He's their governor <laughs> that or whatever. Not that mayor. is not true. We hate Kid Rock. <laughs> you so hate I, Kid Rock. When you're I listen to you the Detroit of... musicians, Kid Rock, does, like, people don't even put him on the list. You are not the mouthpiece of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, you're from Kalamazoo. Get out of here. Stop. Not to be rude. I'm just saying, I, I you know, I, I think Detroit backs the rock. Mm. Metro I'll take Detroit, your word. maybe. Detroit proper, no. Okay. Mm-mm. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll run some uh, I, I listen take to me to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all meet in Detroit, <laughs> and we'll settle this. Okay. Um, well, I li- I listened to uh, I listened to the three big uh, Kid Rock hits from when I was a child. Uh, I used to listen to them as a kid. I I, I was twelve at one point. Um, yeah, the lyrics are horrible. He is not a lyricist in any possible way. You know what's funny? I remember that CD very well because um, I had this I had this friend that lived down the street from me, and, and my parents would never let me have parental advisory CDs. And this kid's parents, more specifically his mom, would just kind of get him whatever. You know what I mean? Like, not great parenting, but would just get the kid whatever. So um, I remember he got the Kid Rock CD because it was like kind of controversial at the time. And this is when I learned a valuable lesson. Just because something is controversial or has a parental advisory sticker on it, doesn't mean it's good. No. <laughs> Very true. I was like, ooh, we got this like contraband. Let's put it on. Let's hear what it's all about. And I was like, this, is, this sucks. It was, it's not good. It hasn't aged very well. It had a moment when in Canada, well, in my hometown specifically, we had these at the YMCA. They would hold dances once a Friday for kids in like grades like four to eight or whatever. And I remember American Badass and Bawa to Ball were just massive bangers that they'd like close out the dance with and everybody would lose their mind. That is super weird, man. But 
what a waste of contraband. You know what I mean? Like, you, only get, you only get one of those CDs every so often. So it's like, if it sucks, man, you're bummed. Yeah. Like if, if you chose Kid Rock over the Eminem CD, you were just absolutely screwed. Oh, you were on the wrong side of white trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the thing is, like, I can't even, like, pretend that Kid Rock isn't still relevant in Michigan. Because, I mean, like, obviously people from Detroit, I don't think, really claim him. But the rest of Michigan is very rural, and they do. I live on a lake in Michigan, and every single boat, I swear to God, has that album that has the song that samples Sweet Home Alabama on it. and I, With Cheryl Crow. I hear it all day day long out on that lake it's horrible it's so bad Ugh. that sounds like paradise man i don't know <laughs> crack a crack a budweiser listen to kid rock hear it off in the distance by my lake yeah just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes it sounds like, it sounds like um so who who do we realistically so if the story is so if you guys aren't if you guys aren't going to get the all-star game uh which you should uh, because you're on Blood, Sweat, and Teal. Who do we think is realistically probably going to get it? Like E-40? He's a Bay Area guy. Um, they don't tend to go with, like, hip-hop acts. So I would I would say no. I would say it's probably going to be... John Fogarty? Um, that is possible. He played there. Uh, he played the Kings when the Kings did the outdoor game. With- yeah. I went to the outdoor game, and I was, like, super pumped. I was like, man, we were going to see Metallica, and, like, E-40 could be here. And then it was like... John Fogarty and Melissa Etheridge or something. And Melissa Etheridge. I was I was actually there as well, and they were like, "We got this big surprise guest," and it's like, "Oh, Melissa Etheridge, I'm gonna go to the bathroom." Yeah, and Aww. John Fogarty. John Fogarty came out, and he's like really old. He's a legend, but he came out. He's really old, and he started playing tunes, and everybody in my section was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> we I had stayed, to like figure I mean, out who he was first, and then we were just like, "Oh, it's John Fogarty. That's cool," and then didn't pay attention. Credence, baby. Yeah, no one. No one seemed to know who Credence was, but they recognized, you know, the the big song. So, yeah. So who? I guess I guess it's back to uh, Smash Mouth. I would say it's gotta be Smash Mouth. That seems that seems totally in their realm. If they're gonna have Kid Rock play, they're probably gonna have Smash Mouth. But what about Metallica? Um, Metallica's too big for the event. I don't think so. I think more people would come to see Metallica than go to the All Star Game. I think it would. I think it would, in a way, be. It would be bad in the sense that, like, the draw would be people trying to see Metallica and then they would leave. So the, the act has to be, like, bad enough that people, they, that they value the game, the all-star game, over the act. But they have to be good enough that people aren't like, all right, what is this? So you guys. It's you guys. So us. 100%. <laughs> it's us. It's NHL. NHL, we know you're listening to our podcast. Please book them. But then some people who weren't even at the game would be like, oh, that's cool, you guys played that. But no one at the game would be like, oh, this, these, these guys are playing. Oh, my favorite band. They'd be like, who are these guys? Who, <laughs> who are why these gentlemen this, playing instruments? Who are these clowns? It's like the worst insult you can get. Yeah, who are these clowns? <laughs> why can't we have Imagine Dragons? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this is... It, it, that is you we're talking about this now like it's not going to happen but when the all-star game is in vegas who do you re- realistically think is going to play oh absolutely well, how many how many artists are from vegas though like how do we know any other artists from las vegas killers I was just gonna what say the killers. no yeah. what the they're killers. from las vegas the killers are from vegas i think neon trees they're either hold from on back up, back up the killers are like my favorite band uh, <laughs> they're 100 vegas. Vegas. they're from vegas <laughs> I they like, have, like a it just Vegas vibe from their like okay, first album. Like it's let's let's stop for a second. I completely forgot. It just completely slipped my mind. I was actually listening to Wonderful Wonderful today while I was driving Uber, 
and it, it's awesome. And I just completely forgot that they are from Vegas. That is amazing. We need to get the Killers to the All-Star game right now. So, but the NHL having zero class is not going to go, oh, let's get the Killers to play. They're going to go, hey, wh- what's that song that makes uh, people want to smash their heads against concrete walls? Oh, uh, that Thunder Band. Oh, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> their, their new I, song is a rap song. No. It's just so no, stop. Bad. It is just, not. It is. He, not. The lead singer guy, like, oh. raps. Oh. I just can't. I, you know what? The thing is, like, the song, it's like the movie, it or that movie, It Follows, like, for me in my life. Like, <laughs> everywhere I turn, that song is, is somehow on. Or, like, when I turn my car on, it's on the radio without fail almost every time. And I've never deliberately, like, set out to hear it. But somehow I've heard it thousands of times. Have you met any of the dragons? Um, I've not met any of the dragons. Um, I do have a link to them now where our man, our current manager's wife either books or manages them and I'm going to get to them. <laughs> what, so wait, what, what do you say when you meet them? Like, Hey, I hate you. No, or I shake like, their hand. I shake their hand and I, I say, I'm suing you for damages. I will see you. I will see you in court. And I shake their hand, and I do one of those really, like, sharp turns, just a quick, <laughs> and I walk, I walk out of the room in a straight line, and I don't say another word. Could you, could you ever admit to them that you made their song, like, the new Rickroll? Because that's what you've done. I have. Um, and you know what's funny is I get no credit for it, and you know, what's fine, you know what's okay is that I don't want credit for it. That's fair. Because I don't want to be responsible for the plague that you know <laughs> is that song i think your role in thundering is very criminally underrated i know you read fear the fin i don't know if you happened to see one of our game previews it was for the the maple leafs visiting san jose and the writer had submitted it with some title that was just not gar- not great and there was something in their article about the young guns in toronto so <laughs> i immediately changed the title to just some young guns and only one person picked up that i was trying to thunder everybody with that title i was pretty upset i don't know if you saw i it, think but, i think but. thundering has yet to take off to the level that it can i i basically gave that to the brunch guys and it was like giving them a, a box full of doves like i gave them the cage of doves and they opened it and let it out into the world and so you were you were dreaming of bigger things of being a big star when you when you thought of this it's kind of like the Tide Pod thing. Like Tide Pods were kind of like being joked about for months before people started eating them and national news stories started covering it. Right. So like the right person has to get thundered and then it'll just start popping it'll be off. Huge. Yeah, you need um, the lightning before the thunder. Stop. <laughs> you need the Stop. lightning before the thunder. Oh my God. Speaking of Tide Pods, did you see our article about which Sharks players would eat Tide Pods? Um, probably... John Gibson, who's not a Sharks player, but he seems like the kind of sociopath that would eat a Tide Pod. I would say Corey Perry, actually. He's top of my Actually, you're right. John Gibson, I've, I've said this publicly already, but I think he would have a severed head in his freezer. <laughs> I, think, I think Corey Perry probably snacks on Tide Pods. Yeah, yeah. He did it before it made the news, and he was like, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing this? <laughs> I know. He's like, uh, that's just 
my breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> he actually, Corey Perry actually like separates each individual item and eats them singularly. So he eats like he the blue like, part, then the white part, then the orange part for dessert. And it's like, this is delicious. You know, like when you go through the cereal aisle and you're like, hmm, what am I going to feel like this week? Like he does that with the laundry aisle. Like, oh, which, which scent? <laughs> like, do I want to go with Gain Flings this week? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he was, yeah, he got bit by like a radioactive flea and then just became a really good hockey player. Oh, wow. Do you think any of your bandmates would eat a Tide Pod if you had to call one of them out? No, they would never. They would never? No, they're, none of those guys are on Twitter or anything, so like, it was like a week or so after it had already kind of like, like kind of developed into like a giant thing, and like, I was like a week and a half later, and we're sitting in the studio, this is like a week ago, and our guitarist goes, you see people are eating Tide Pods? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, you know, they, they're not... They're not as, which is good, a good thing, I think. I think I should be less on top of these kind of dumb things. But Do you feel weird interacting with people that don't have Twitter? Because, like, I have that issue at my job. I work in retail, and everyone I work with is, weirdly enough, they're actually all younger than me, but at my old store, they were all older than me, so they weren't really on Twitter or anything, and it, it's just this weird, like, you don't understand anything I'm saying kind of thing it confuses people because until you kind of like build um a a feed that makes sense to you and like kind of keeps you up with like current events or like things that are happening like it's just this void and you're like what am i what is twitter like you know if you don't know how to work it then it's like i think it's really easy to just be like that is not for me and just kind of like it is weird because it's like it is this this basically this thing that just puts like even really small like unimportant like kind of happenings or things like in front of you and so you're like aware of all these things that like maybe get filtered out and if you're only looking at like mainstream kind of news or like other news sites so you definitely have this handle on like information like sooner and people are kind of like whoa like what they found i feel like they're late to it or something so it is it is kind of weird in that sense where it's like you got the memo and a lot of people don't get the memo till like a little bit after the fact yeah definitely that otherwise i don't know it's like it's kind of negligible i guess like they're free they don't have to deal with all the like the mess that is on twitter (laughs) it's smart when you guys get super famous because they won't have like an online history and they can't bring it up be like hey look at this dumb thing they said but you're screwed no one can your fave is problematic the rest of them you however (laughs) i i try to be pretty careful about about that like there's so many there's so many burns and like jokes and things i want to say but like i know people would just be like you're a dick, blah, 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 and it would start a whole thing, and I'm like, the only thing is, like, you can't, you can say things and know how it was meant to be received, but, like, now people are in the business of receiving things the wrong way. It's not like, oh, okay, he's joking. They, they immediately hop to, like, he's being a total uh, asshole, and, like, he obviously said this with the worst malicious intentions, and it's like, that's not the case, but, like, people people are unable to kind of, like, decipher that on twitter i've noticed now like lately does that make sense yeah i think it's a bummer that there's not more of a sharks twitter but i think at this point like if there were a larger sharks twitter like no one would understand our self self self-loathing and like how it depends it depends who (laughs) (laughs) it depends who joins twitter though if we get a bunch of like older people who joined twitter and have been like yeah i remember when the sharks lost to the ducks as the first seed and they were the eighth seed that'll be okay but if it's like new people and they're just like the sharks are the best then it would be very confusing to have a dark sharks twitter i've 
I've kind of curated a bit of a little sharks uh, like sub audience. Like I don't know who necessarily like follows my account or like what they necessarily want or see in it. But I feel like it's a lot of girls. It's well, it's most I, a lot of it's story <laughs> story so far fans. Um, but there is like I'll notice now like before when I would tweet about the sharks or hockey like there wasn't a lot of like interaction. No one really cared. It was like maybe like a dink a little like or something but like nothing really and now if i do like there's definitely a way bigger response and people i've kind of somehow gathered a little bit of the, of those people like over so i can like actually say something about the sharks now and people will be like receptive to it i actually followed you for shark stuff because i i didn't even know you were in a band to be honest i just when i joined hockey twitter i was looking for sharks people and you came up so yeah didn't even know you were in a band when i first followed you so I, kinda, cool. I try to I try to keep it that way though, because I don't want I don't want that kind of like shining ahead of me, and I don't want it to have some like, because when I first got on there, people only wanted me to talk about my band or like hear band related stuff, and if I do share that stuff, it's the stuff that like gets the most movement. But to me, it's like I don't I don't like wearing that that mask. I just kind of like having it and just spewing out every like occasional dumb thought or like you know whatever, and not having it be like this guy from this band, it's like, oh, just this like zany account, the guy with the bleeding forehead that I see come through my feed every once in a while. So. You need to, um, you need to take, so like sharks don't really have any famous fans. Like Vince Vaughn isn't showing up and Mike Myers isn't showing up or whatever. Well, here's the thing. I notice you keep trying to hit me with this famous tag where it's like, I'm, I'm not a famous guy, but I can see how desperate we are for a famous person to like the sharks that it's like, you're really, really trying to just, just you're the closest thing do you, we have. Do you, what, what is your, hold on, here, here, this is the definition of fame for me. What is your job? Um, I, I play in a band. Yeah, okay, you're famous. So, <laughs> uh, so, Neil Young is like the only famous person that actually cheers for the Sharks, but Neil Young is coming to the end here. He's, he's an old man, bless his heart. It makes me you, not dislike Neil Young as much. Oh, Neil Young is a Canadian treasure. I will not stand for this. I, if I well, hear one bad word about Harvest Moon, I'm ending this podcast. Here's the thing with Neil Young. I, I really like, I, bef- we had this guy that would tour with us, my friend. And I don't, not this guy, I don't know why I introduced it like that. But it's like, <laughs> for, no one knows, you know, my friend. But he listened to Neil Young consistently for probably like two month long tours. Like, con- like consistently every day, all the time. And at some point, I just hit my, like, I can't, I can't hear this guy anymore kind of threshold. So it's like, I respect him. I respect what he did for music. But my God, like, it's just become this thing where it's, like, bad for me. <laughs> Don't come to Toronto and expect – Neil Young's, like, a legend, so you may hear a lot of Neil Young here. <laughs> That's what I mean. I respect, I respect Neil Young. I just, yeah. like – He's beloved. He is beloved here. I was force-fed too much Neil Young. So That's, I, fair. That's fair. That's it, fair. It went beyond just appreciating him for like him being him. It was like, oh, I just got beyond my fill. So it's like, it's like if you've ever had like, like this the like like food poisoning from something. Whenever you see that food, you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know. I get why people yeah, like it, but yeah. I can't eat it anymore. Like that's that's kind of what Neil Young is for me. Oh, that that's fair. But you should take over because Neil Young was a Leafs fan, but then he moved to hotter climates and was famous, and so he became a Sharks fan. And he used to go all the time. I don't know if he still goes. They used to show him. I don't know if he said not to show him anymore at games or like what the deal is there. Because I thought he should have played like the national anthem before in one of the finals games. 
But he didn't. Either way, he's the super fan, and he's getting on there. You need to take over the mantle, like how Denzel Washington is taking over the Lakers fan from Jack Nicholson. That needs to be you. You need to be the Denzel to his Jack Nicholson. I'll, I'll um, clue you into some other guys that play in bands that are Sharks fans. But I, I like you. I know you like me. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know Rancid, right? Like, yep. You're into punk. Lars Fredrickson, huge Sharks fan. Okay. I've seen King Buzzo from the Melvins at games. Okay. There's a lot. There's a few punk rockers, so there's those two, and I think that's. And then there's me, and that's pretty much it. And Neil Young. I forgot Neil. <laughs> and Neil Young. I think. Um, e, I think E40. Drake once I think, wore a Sharks jersey, but I think Logan Couture actually gave it to him. If you if you go on Google and search like famous people and sharks, you get. I think there's a website that has all the photos, but. They're all from the early 90s for one. So this is probably when the Sharks have just like, you know, their jersey was really hot or like something like that. And I've noticed a few. There's Christina Aguilera. What? These people are not fans. They just, they just got photo ops. So there's Sean Penn. There's Bill okay. Clinton. Okay. Yes. Slick <laughs> <Nice>. Willie. <laughs> have you guys seen that picture? He's Nothing giving a speech in San Jose. <laughs> I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to find the picture, but there's a picture of him donning a Sharks like towel or something. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think there's probably Neil Young, but that's that's basically like the the rundown of any famous oh, person that's hold on. Famous, oh, famous hockey fans on Sports Genius. I'm going to it right now. Oh, I'm, no. I'm gonna send it. you guys a good picture too. That I I was clearing out a bunch of photos, going through some stuff, and I found this screenshot I took of it was during the finals um, when the Sharks went to the to the finals. It was during that run in the series against Los Angeles. There was this moment where. Brent Burns was against the glass, and sitting right behind him is Larry David. What? And I have this screenshot I'll send you guys, but it's like this really funny picture of like Larry David watching a hockey game, and then Brent Burns, like, it's just the two of them. It's pretty That's good. so funny. Um, I have breaking news. So when you go to, you know the site uh, Rap Genius or whatever that gives you lyrics, but it gives you the annotation, so like why they did these lyrics and stuff? Yeah. I think it's just called Genius now. If you, They have a sports fan section, and if you go to San Jose, it's Metallica, Neil Young, and then Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, and the, and the annotation cool. is, Minnesota native Charles Schultz was a hockey fan, as Charlie Brown and the rest of the Peanuts gang demonstrated. As a Northern California resident, he supported the Seals and then the Sharks before passing away in 2000, and his widow still goes to some games. That's awesome. Nice. I hear John Muir and Mark Twain were also both Sharks fans. <laughs> Mark Twain, like the writer from, like, like the old guy? The old guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge. He's so into the Sharks. He would have been. I, I get the joke. <laughs> I just like starting this rumor now. <laughs> I think Mark, yeah, Mark Twain and John Muir were huge Sharks fans. Um, I, yeah, those, those are two big names. Those are good. Let's just start. You know what we need to do is we just need to pick some celebrity, not someone that's big enough that like we won't get their attention, but we need to start this rumor that whoever we choose is just a huge Sharks fan and we basically, through doing this, make them become a Sharks fan. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, oh, perfect. yes. We have, so until, like, we have until the uh, All-Star game next year to make them actually be a Sharks fan. But we have to come up with someone good. We pick someone. I, I, and, I have an idea for a name because I've emailed this person already. Oh, and I'm not going to okay. say it because I don't want it to fall through, but I have a name. Oh, no. I'll tell you guys after. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll do some research. We find our guy or our girl. And we just go, man, I didn't know this person was such a big Sharks fan. This they should perfect. be into sports. They should be into sports already. That would help. Uh -huh. That would help. 
It would hopefully not be hockey too. No. They hopefully don't no. have a team or a city. So they, we have to we have to take this into consideration. Yeah, like hopefully but, like find like a basketball fan or something. We go we have to get it to such a size that people are like normal people that you know don't know are just like, Oh, that's so cool, this person's a Sharks fan, so that they can't back down from it. They're like, Oh god, like I have this <laughs> People think I'm are gravitating towards me because they think I'm a Sharks fan, so maybe I'll just play into this and we'll, be a Sharks fan. We'll send them merch. We'll send them like a T-shirt or something. <laughs> be like, yes. wear this. I think I think we got a plan. This is perfect. I love it. All right, all right. That's that's the best idea we've had on this podcast. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a good stopping point. We've got a good game plan here. Do you wait? Wait. We should do the thing that real podcasts do. Do you have anything to plug, Kellen? Albums, tours, merch, you? I I should. Um, so we are we are wrapping up a new record. Unfortunately, there's no there's no dates. There's nothing to announce yet. But we're getting really close to that point where we will have a record to announce and tours and all that. So just keep an eye on all that. I suppose. Uh, again, if it got lost in the shuffle, our band's called The Story So Far, and Go Sharks, and that's it. Go Sharks!